I am letting you know right now, I am at distance from my microphone. I am at distance from my studio, so therefore, I am using my phone to record this podcast. I apologize that you cannot see my beautiful chocolate face, but you know it is what it is. Welcome to the Greatest Voice Podcast. How are you doing? I hope you are comfortable. This is going to be a very in-depth, serious conversation. Um, A lot of you guys know I avoid talking about Donald Trump just because my opinions about the world do lean a little bit to the left, and I don't like how most podcasters, broadcasters, comedians, talk show hosts spend, do three, four, five hours of talk piece, thought piece, just bashing Trump. I don't want to be lumped in those people who are just... I don't want to be lumped in with a group of people who are beating down the door on Donald Trump's politics and Donald Trump's decision on what cereal he's eating in the morning and what pair of Gucci loafers he's going to wear just because I don't want to, I just don't want to be lumped in that group. But his comments on Sunday, his tweets on Sunday, I apologize, um, vexed me. It actually intrigued me a lot and I wanted to talk about that. Before I get into that, I want to say We shall commence this podcast as we have commenced every single episode of this podcast since it's um, since it's innovation. And that will be with a quote to a song, to a ballad, to a melody that really did set the tone, that really did create the tempo for me today as I woke this morning and played Mortal Kombat and Injustice 2 on Xbox One. And the quote comes from a song by an artist of. Londonian origin. I don't even know if that's the proper uh, term that you call him. <laughs> uh, named Seal. He had a song called Kiss from a Rose. It was actually a soundtrack soundtrack on the Batman and Robin movie from the 1990s with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the verse I want to quote from that song is when he says, I think it's around the 46 second mark, he says, Love remains a drug that is the high and not the pill. And till this day, as a grown man in his mid-20s, I have no idea what the heck Cyril was talking about. I mean, I think you have to take the pill to get the high. He said love is a drug that's the high, not the pill. But, I mean, you have to take the substance to get the high. I mean, that's the whole... Per- I don't know. I just I just, I just, just brought that up because I'm praying to God there's somebody here over the age of 40 who can help decipher this for me. <laughs> Hopefully there's a songwriter. If Stefan Squartz, the man who wrote this lyrics to the um, the Prince of Egypt, the soundtrack for Disney Pixar, if he's listening to this right now, please interpret Seal's music for me. But how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's going on in your world? How are you doing today? And I apologize for the terrible audio quality right now, which just, uh, like I said, I don't have my Blue Getty microphone. I'm at my auntie's house right now. I'm not at my home, so, you know, I'm just recording right now. So let's just hop right into it. Um, I wanted to have this conversation because a lot of you guys who listen to this podcast, you hit me up on Twitter, you hit me up in my inbox and ask me, what's my opinion on Trump? What's my opinion on politics? And I always tell you guys, I give, I always avoided talking about Donald J. Trump because I just did not want to be lumped in with those group of people who are just always bashing him all the time. I always just summed up every single thing he did was, oh, you know, he's a dick. You know, that's Trump. We will do without Trump. If you don't like him, you shouldn't have voted for him. That's what I always lumped it up to. These comments that he made on Sunday, he tweeted on Sunday, touched me in a way that really bugged me. So let's just do a quick run through to try to get you to where we're at. 
the squad of, as they call the squad or the teen Titans of democratic Congress, um, said women's names are Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I apologize if I'm butchering your name. Ilan Omar, Ayana Priglou, and Rashid Talib. These are four relatively young women in the Democratic Congress, the quote-unquote progressive team. They're at a divide right now on voting against... They're at a divide between Mema and Nancy Pelosi on voting on a bill that would have expanded funding for... Um, for funding for immigration or border patrol, basically to four point six billion, even in the bill, from my understanding, their main issue was that the bill did nothing to actually improve the conditions that the said or caught illegals are being kept in at the border, and they had a main issue with that. And there's a big divide in the party between Pelosi and them. Now we can have a conversation about that because honestly, with a lot of with those four women. A lot of their views on illegal immigration I disagree with. I'll talk about that later. And I have talked about illegal immigration on the podcast before. But Donald Trump, he got wind of a little verbal kerfuffle that was taking place. Not, let me say a kerfuffle, a little, de, de, little disagreement that was taking place. And Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, she had made some comments about how Nancy, she felt like Nancy Pelosi was singling him out. Donald Trump tweeted... Uh, and I quote on Sunday at at five o'clock in the morning, he was up with the bigotism. He said, so interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the government. If they even have a functioning government at all now loudly. Telling us, and that part I kind of cut that out, saying how they run the country. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Then come back and show us how it is done. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy <laughs> to help the pen to milk trials arrangements. And he actually doubled down on that and said, I had to just say to you what he said after that was, Trying to see where he at. Because he tweeted back today, tweeted that again today. I'm recording this Monday night. He said, he basically doubled down and said, You can leave. You guys are free to leave. We'll do a whoop. And then he tried to make it a conversation about saying that there will we'll never be a, a, a communist country, we'll never be a socialist country. None of the, as far as I know, that has nothing to do in this con- in this conversation with them. Those four women, I don't know if they are communist or socialist. I pray to God not, because both of those I don't like. But regardless, first thing, only one of those of out of all those women, only one of them actually was born outside of our borders. Eliana Omar, she was born in Somalia, came here twenty years ago. All the other said three women, they are natives. They are native to our land, native to our country. They know how to do the Thais dance and know how to do the running man to Montel Jordan. They are natives. Um, so that was an ignorant comment. It was a racist comment because in essence, what he was saying is go back to Africa. A white man at KFC two weeks ago said that I was at the It's a Grind coffee shop and one of the workers who works at the grind, he was getting lunch there. He came back and he was like, man, I'm so glad you didn't, you weren't at KFC. And I thought he was making like a little fried chicken jug. But I was like, okay, why? Because I'm black. I was like, were well, you expecting to see me there? He's like, no, because 
this was about two days after that whole debate between Colin Kaepernick and Nike about the shoes. He's like, no, that guy, there was this old white guy there, and he was talking to this younger white dude. It was funny because you could tell that the younger white dude, the dude was telling me this story, he's white too. He said he could tell that the younger dude just felt uncomfortable, but he didn't really know what to say. He said the older guy was like, you know, that's that damn Colin Kaepernick, he's a thorn in my dang heel. That's why, why can't we just send him back? I don't know how, you know, one thing about people who are, I don't know how rednecks can have accents in California. Like how, you're trying to force that accent because you live in California, you can't get a as country accent. But anyway, he was like, he was like, I want to ship him back to Africa. Why don't you ship him back to Africa and go complain and moan there? And that go back. If you're of Negro origin, if you're of Mexican descent, if you're of even uh, Middle Eastern descent, and I'm saying I'm kind of grouping a lot of different groups together when I say Middle Eastern descent, you are familiar with that phrase "go back." That is a term that white people get when white people get in their bag, where they get frustrated, where they get uncomfortable in a situation, be they racist or be they not racist, they'll say go back. And I do think a lot of them don't realize how racist that is and how insensitive that is. To stay on this issue before I get too carried away, there is nothing wrong with natives of this country and migrants to this country complaining about social issues and complaining about the standard of living or the standard of how we're handling certain situations in this country because that's how this country got to where it's at right now. There are many, plenty of white people listening to this podcast. I think my podcast numbers, I think my audience is 60% to 50% white who are listening to this podcast right now. And I've gotten to a point, I'm at a point in history where I can have a radio show and a YouTube channel where white people are listening to me, where black people are listening to me because of the complaints and because of the pain and transgression, the peers, the pain and complaining, the complaining that my and the peers of my ancestors did in the 60s and 50s to the civil rights era, even before then, the Jim Crow era. We have a right to complain. And the reason why Donald Trump's comments touched me so badly is because in history, when you look at every time when you've had civil rights leaders make complaints about how whether it was unfairness in the workplace, unfairness when it came to Jim Crow laws, unfairness when it came to segregation, the main comment you always see is, we'll go back to Africa. Why don't you go back to Africa? Why don't you go back to Africa? No, we're here. We're here. What do you mean we're here? As an immigrant, you have the right to complain. You have the right to complain and say, we need to better this country. That's the right as an immigrant. Everybody who came to this country took a boat. Some of free will. And some of not a free will. I'm just being honest, you know. Even Donald Trump, his, grand, his grandfather's from Germany. So we're all, to some degree, not from here. Except the Indians. Uh, <laughs> um... That's why I, that's the main thing reason why that bugs me. This him making those comments, the go back comments. You know, I've always had a lot of conversations with people about Trump in real life where people have asked me, what are my opinions about Trump? Do I think he's racist? Do I think he's bigoted? Do I think he's a misogynist? Do I think he's this? Do I think he's that? And that's what the majority of this episode is going to um, entail. 
I have always swept most of Donald Trump's quote-unquote transgressions that CNN and MSNBC wax poetic about him doing. I've always swept another rug of just saying, well, he's a dick. Okay, he's Trump. What do you expect? What do you expect? It's Trump. Bro, what do you, it's Trump. What, what do you expect? It's Trump. And I've just always ignored that. I've I just have always said that. I just, always, I just, I, and part of me, like I said, part of my audience is Republican. A lot of my audience is Republican, so I avoided going into these conversations. But now I'm ready to have this conversation. Those words go back. It made me think back to, um, it made me think back to his comments about Obama when Obama was running for a second term as president. In 2012, he was demanding that Obama show his birth certificate. He was demanding proof that to see if Obama was a born citizen here. And he said that Obama was born in Kenya. His father was Wooty Woo, which I will add. And it's kind of funny because two reasons was funny about that. Two things was funny about that, that the disagreement between them. One, Obama was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. If Donald Trump was so interested in figuring that out, he could know that, like I know, that you can look up and find people's birth records just by going on, I don't know how many goddamn databases that they have. That's how I found out who my great-grandfathers were a year before he made those claims. Going on, I think it was peoplesearch.com. You can find their birth certificates in the hospital. That's the first thing. The ironic thing, the second thing that was ironic about that is, well, I was about to, I was about to say that, uh, I was about to say that he was as uh, Obama was as American as Donald Trump is as American because Obama, uh, Donald Trump's father was an immigrant. But no, his great his grandfather was an immigrant, not Donald Trump's father. But um, I thought back to those comments, you know, those separatists, that bigoted, just weird speech. Then I thought about 2015 when he said, and in 2015, not 2017, when the the quote unquote Muslim ban it wasn't called a Muslim ban, but it was a ban on immigration from seven countries in the Middle East. But in 2015, when he made those comments in November, December, it was right after that that um, radical Muslim couple had shot those three or four people in California, I think it was. And he said, and I quote, there's a link to the video on Fox News of him making those statements and actually doubling down in the interview with one of the anchors on Fox News. Look at the video. It's in, my, it's in the description of this. Um, it goes to the Fox News channel where he said, Donald J. Trump is proposing a total shutdown of allowing Muslims entering this country until we figure out what's going on. That was one of the most racist, most Islamophobic, anti-whatever bigoted things I've ever heard in my life. To this day, that's the worst thing that Donald Trump has ever said. And one of my first videos on YouTube was me talking about that. I've been doing YouTube for a while now. And me saying that I can't believe you would say that. Like, that's just insane to me. And I spoke out against a lot of people who agreed with that. There was a lot of black people out there. And I'm bringing up the term black people because I don't want to make it just seem like people who 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 are racist, who are bigoted, are just only white and are, happen to have orange hair and live in the White House. I remember it was one guy who was like, yeah, man, you feel me? I understand because, yo, you can't allow them to harm the country and destroy them with their whoop. And I told him, bro, you're really trying to propose a ban on one billion people in the world from coming in here? Do you know how ignorant that sounds? You think one billion people in the world really want to kill us? One billion people? Do you know how ignorant that sounds? 
I hate I just hate loud and ignorant and I hate I hate loud and ignorant people. And Donald Trump has always displayed though just display just been ignorant and loud and wrong. Like just it's even it's always and like I said, when we used to have these conversations about him being a racist and et cetera, et cetera, I'd always say, man, you know, hey, I just think he's a dick. But now I really do think he's racist. When he made those comments last year about um, why are we taking on all these immigrants from these shithole countries? We need some from Norway. I looked at it as like a joke at first. Now, when he makes those comments, I take it a little bit seriously because when I bounced back to 2015, when he made that total shut, when he made that comment about making a making a, a Muslim ban to ban all Muslims from coming in, and then within two months of him being elected, he had a ban that could that stopped stop stopped uh, stop people from entering from seven countries in the Middle East. Racism is at its worst when it can be systematic. Racism is at its worst when you know. A 48-year-old construction worker in Tuskegee, Alabama, sitting in his 4x4 saying that he hates niggas and hates Mexicans, he don't got no power. He don't has no power. He can't stop nothing. But a man who can change legislation and base legislation on his prejudices, and with that Muslim ban, because I do note something, a ban similar to that, the one that he implemented when he first started, with something that Obama did, and even with Obama doing it, I don't agree with it. I still think that wasn't right. I st- I will stand by that. I don't think Obama was right for that. But it's different when you talking to somebody who has the power to implement that. When you bounce back even to 1973, where he settled out in a federal case saying that his his rental properties or the properties that he owned were denying blacks the option to buy who have suitable in- income denied them the option to buy but were allowing white, whites to rent and he set it out in court granted uh, you can there's a um some of the file like a more or less a case summary is in the description of this video you can look it up and we are like i said it, he did settle out in court a lot of times settling means you were wrong or a lot of times sometimes settling can mean just you know you just want the just want the case to go away so who's to say that he was that he actually was doing it but all of this this that thought process that that separatist mentality that treating others seeing them as the other group mentality that does seem to be a consistent theme it was like even if we have a conversation about the misogyny, um, him people always say he's a rapist or et cetera, et cetera. I don't. I look. I did the research. I found some people who accused him of rape. I don't know if it's credible. I did see more than a. I saw a lot. What I've seen is a history of women accusing him of sexual misconduct, of groping them or kissing them inappropriately, dating back to the eighties, nineties, a lot in the nineties. And as the same thing I will say with Bill Cosby, where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. You know, one or two people, one or two, oh, Louisa, one or two people might accuse you of something and it's just a, a catch. It just might just be, you know, it is what it is. When it's 10, 17 people, and this is over the course of history, something's going on. And that grabbing by the pussy comment, when I first heard that grabbing by the pussy comment in the little recording, when he said grab him by the pussy, 
I didn't take it seriously because I thought because I was I was just like I was like man you know he's just talking he just this locker room talk I looked at his locker room talk, but it's different when you see that this man has a history of displaying such behavior when it's unwanted, when women are showing they didn't want it, and I tried to put myself in the hypothetical scenario where maybe women just were maybe these women just want something out of him, but I was like bro like he's rich. He's ad, had access to some of the most beautiful women in the world. I, I'm pretty sure he's better than these 11,000 women. But I, 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 I feel like Denzel, Brad Pitt, and anybody else who's as cute or as rich somewhere in that area, not any as rich as him, they don't have thousands of women coming forward saying that they raped and touched them and molested them. And that's just my personal opinion. Um... I tried to look at Trump's presidency these last three years as not a debate over his morality, but more as a debate of how effective he is in the country, how effective he is in economics, how effective he is with, with you know, just improving things here. And I'm going to do another episode about that. I need some people who are more trained in that area to come talk to me because I was actually going through um, the database and trying to see, you know, where, et cetera, et cetera, GOP rise, et cetera. And I just does not I just need somebody who's more well versed in that than me. This dude is a dick. Um, he is a racist. This is from my understanding of this and from what I'm seeing. On audio record, on video recording of him talking, he has shown what is textbook definition of racism. And granted, with his comments about the, the with the about the Muslim ban, that's the main thing for me. He because in his brain, he's not saying Muslims is like Islam. He's basically thinking of all brown people who are Muslim. Anybody, anything in that area. Um, and it's not just him. You know, it's not just. I think. It's so interesting to, uh, I have a lot of friends who are Trump supporters. I do. They're all white. They're all white. And I honestly believe in my heart that they're not racist. I do believe that. But I do think that they don't understand what they're overlooking in the support of Trump. I do think they don't understand that you're overlooking that this man is a racist. You're overlooking that this man is a misogynist. And I do think we have a tendency as humans to overlook the flaws in a person as long as we like them. It's the same thing how Paul Mooney got, and God bless Paul Mooney, one of the most talented comedians in the world, always using his example. He can still sell out a room. He's one of the most famous comedians in the black community, but this man is obviously a bigoted and racist. He's not just making jokes about white people because he thinks it's funny. He's making these jokes because he really feels that way. I think Louis Farrakhan does a lot for the black community, and I respect what he did with the Million Man March. I love that. But at the same time, he goes out of his way to down talk and just talk about Jewish people and Israelites in a way that is just crazy to me. And it's like, and he he be doubling down on his shit. He, he, he's way more extreme than Trump. And I can't support him. You know, I want to, I can't support that. I can't support, I can't support you speaking so ill about these people just because they're not me. No, no, I'm not with that. And it's the same thing with Trump. As a black man, I personally feel a certain type of way when you, when you show to me what is an example of textbook Webster's definition of racism, 
of bigotism because in my personal because just off the history of my people and just because I feel that that's feel like that's wrong. And you don't have to agree with me. I'm at the point now in my life where I don't care if you disagree with me because I don't mind, I don't march to the beat of somebody else's drum. When all when all these people who were Democrats, Republicans were online, Democrats who were podcasters, broadcasters, comedians, YouTubers, talk show, TV show hosts were were uh, talking about how trash Trump was and how racist he was, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can check the history of this YouTube channel, baby. I ignored all of it because, like I said, I just didn't want to. I, I hate I detest groupthink. I, I hate groupthink. I just don't like it. I don't like it because when I just don't like it. In this group thing, when people don't do his research, there's a lot more examples of Trump of what people on CNN or what these darn journalists from MSNBC or CNN or ABC are writing, doing whole think pieces on of saying that Trump displayed racism. Trump displayed racism because he kissed the black, he kissed the the white baby and and hugged the black baby. I don't, I didn't bring up any of that shit because I don't feel like that's valid. Some people could argue to me, well, you know, JT, if he is racist, you know, he was in bed with the black community for a long time, you know, and that is true. He was a star in hip hop. Jeezy, Tribe Called Quest, Mac Miller all have lyrics saying their praises to the singing their praises to this man. Um, Trump is the same. Trump is the same person who was coming to parties with P. Diddy. I want to say he wrote a book with Russell Simmons or he was kicking her Russell Simmons. And that's true. But at the same time, we can say that same thing about Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling was a man who Donald Sterling was a man who owned who owned a very, very good basketball team, arguably at the time, and was recorded talking about black people like we was like the, the bottom of the goddamn Donald Sterling. It's it, the thing about nowadays is is people can fake People can hide their prejudices now. I don't know if Donald Sterling necessarily, and I'm saying Donald Sterling, I'm talking about the owner of the Clippers who got recorded five years ago saying, stop bringing those niggers to my game, et cetera, et cetera. Which, I, how I looked at that, how I looked at that was, he's 84-year-old white man. They're like, of course he's going to be racist. Like, I don't, of course he's going to be racist. Of course he's going to look down on black people. Like, of, of course. Like, I just, I don't, I don't see, I didn't, I didn't even see what was the big deal about that. Like, of course he's going to look down on them. But what I will say, what was interesting about that conversation, and I look back at Trump as a bounce back to Trump in a minute is you have this man who's making a significant amount of money from owning a team of young black men and at the same time looks at them all as cockroaches beneath his feet. And he's cutting all their checks, writing all their bills, and the, and the crazy, he paying all their bills, paying all their mortgages, paying their mama's house, paying everything. And the catch about that thing is he sold that team. He was forced to sell the team for three billion dollars if he had even if he had not been forced to sell that team well none of those niggas would have quit well one would none of those niggas would have quit and that's where you need to have a conversation about ownership having ownership having stick you know having something for our own and that can be a too in-depth intricate conversation about when you talk about the nba because i know nothing about sports but um This is a good, you know, hey, it is what it is, man. You know, hey. But what I've seen, to be real with you, I think Donald Trump's issue is way, he has more of an issue with him with being a misogynist than being actual racist. Because I'm going to tell you, this guy has a very extensive sexual misconduct history. Like, I was just reading, like, the accusations. Like, I think he's been on it for a while. Like, I'm like, dang. Like, 
You know, like, dang. I'm like, bro, like, bro. Like, so, um, it is what it is. Um, I just wanted to talk about that and get, get that off my chest because, like I said, I, like I said, that's been a very, a lot of people have asked me about that over the year, over the years, like, how do you feel about Trump, et cetera, et cetera. Not always say, I mean, I just, I don't, I just, I always avoid those conversations. I just hate, I just was scared to be in that group think. And at the same time, I was scared to, one of my worst issues, one of my greatest gifts, and at the same time, my greatest curse is I can see the logic on both sides in most conversations. I can see the logic on both sides in most conversations when you have people who support them. I see the logic on suicides when you have people. I can see the logic of people who support Donald Trump, regardless of his misogyny, history of misogyny, his history of racist comments. I can see the. I think the issue. I, I think the issue. What I have about saying somebody's racist. I, I I rarely ever say somebody's racist because that's a very that's a very that's a very powerful word to say that somebody is. And. Reality is he has this on legal record. He was taken to court over basically on on what it can be defined as Webster's de definition of racism. Granted, he said it out of court on video record. He's recording and on tweet record. He's recorded basically showing signs of racism. That tweet, that tweet that he sent yesterday on um, Sunday, that was an example of racism. I mean, that was that wasn't a racist tweet. That was an example of textbook racism, but is a but to me it to me it's right. Webster's dictionary that was not an example of racism, but in my personal feeling, it's racism because that shows me how you think. Three of those four women are American, and regardless with the one who came here as an immigrant, okay, she's an immigrant. Part of the part of being American, in my personal opinion, and this is to anybody out there who's listening, even to that white dude at that KFC who who I was who I was who was lucky I wasn't there. 